Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show, episode 90. Powered by Resonate, the greatest dispensary in Massachusetts. Located in Worcester, 1191 Milbury Street. For all your cannabis needs, purest CBD, the finest product from a company that cares about you. Go to iResonate.com. Resonate, the official medical and recreational dispensary of the Planet Mikey podcast. Okay, here we go. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. Well, hello there, Rocky. This is Bullwinkle the Moose. Fan mail from some flounder. Not that message. This one. An exciting time to be a podcaster. You know, the uh, podcast industry is gripping the entire world by the testicles. And I'm involved. <laughs> we welcome all new podcast listeners. We call you virgins. We ask that you subscribe to our weekly efforts to amuse and entertain you. We're on iTunes, of course, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. We're all over the fucking place. Hey, wherever you get your podcasts, that, thanks to Ben Kitchen. We're also, uh, you know, on Ben K- Kitchen's uh, Sony Walkman. Sounds follow good, us, doesn't it? You follow us on Twitter if you'd like to, at Planet Mikey. We're trying to get to 5 million followers. So far, we've got, what, 600? <laughs> <laughs> 600,000. 600. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's the podcast yeah. Twitter account. We want to thank that announcer, the new announcer. God, he's awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, he only charges me 50 bucks an episode to that, record the intros. That, wow. Geez, that's, that's kind of exorbitant. What a voice on the guy. Wow. Uh, Dick Long the is Dick, our new guy, our new announcer. Richard Long. We fired uh, Patrick for spitting. He's gone. And we also should thank, I think, Mike Cassano, the, the producer of our musical portion of our intro. Yeah. He's, I, I saw him playing the drums on Twitter. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He's so unbelievably talented. I said, oh, I'm going to watch him. B- Buddy Rich over here. How do you find him on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, the damn computer try, machine Try there. at Mike Cassano. I don't know. He, I, I follow him. He follows me on Twitter, but I couldn't just tell you his Twitter handle. Yeah. off. He, but he's great. Great, great drummer. If we ever need a drummer for this show. We'll bring him over. Oh, we'll bring him over. We'll pay him double. <laughs> sounds like a great deal for Mike Cassano. Just don't tell Dick Long. Dick Long thinks he's getting the top pay with that 50 bucks a show. Dick is very sensitive. Along with the legendary Bill Smith, who's been ahead of the curve for four decades, and uh, Ben Kitchen, who's been suffering from a curved direction since he tried to please Sally Struthers that night in West Hollywood after a double In-N-Out burger. It was difficult. We have a lot to cover tonight. <laughs> We've decided not to put any politics in to the, to the podcast tonight, just the important stuff, because uh, politics is the ammunition of hate. We don't want to be... The, the purveyors of hate on this podcast, because everybody, every, everybody hates everybody now. It's unbelievable. I hate you. I know. I, I hate you too, Mike. And I, you know what? I hate <laughs> the fact that you hate me. I like you, Bill. I'm offended. Said the man with a curved direction. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Ben. That's fine. <laughs> what happened? We just kind of do a little twisted stuff. Well, I mean, Sally Struthers, by the time you got to her, was big, man. She was big. It was a difficult situation. Um, She's Rachel. She was Rachel Ray big. (laughs) 
Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray's been eating too much of the nutrish dog food right out of the bag while she watches TV at night. She's a big. Did you see her? No. Oh my God, she's so fat. She's she's got three chins now. She needs a, a bookmark to find her mouth when she's shoving that nutrition oh, there. She, Jesus. I'm serious. She used to be so cute and po- uh, perky. Pokey. <laughs> pokey? Probably did you ever, did you ever pokey. see her uh, Maxim magazine spread? No, uh, thank you. I'm, 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 I'm just about to eat after this podcast is oh. over, if you don't mind. Um, I, well, it was back in the day when she was th- thin and uh, lithe. Is there that a go. word? Or FHM. Lie. Yeah, see, that's the neighbor that you would have. Yeah. If you could have. Yeah, you know. She had her moment. While she was bent over getting something out of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to this show? I don't know. I think we, it, we're, we're better off talking politics. We got off on the yeah. wrong foot. We got some exciting <laughs> things, though, on the podcast tonight. We're going to call, you know what? We're gonna, we should do this. We should call Bill Lee later because it was 10 years ago that he pitched that oldest man in history game in yeah. uh, Brockton, right? Yeah. Oh, we'll call him. Anyway, okay, so, but first, the news. There's news. Mm. Dateline. Matza, M-O-T-Z-A, Israel. Is that, is that a joke? Jeweler Isaac Levy has come up with the world's most expensive COVID mask. Wow. Valued at $1.5 million. Made with 3,600 diamonds. Black and white diamonds and 18-karat uh, gold. It weighs nine ounces, this COVID mask. It's true. This is a true story. Somebody very rich, I guess, ordered it uh, so they could wear their family jewels on their face. (laughs) So maybe they could try to bury some treasure in some pirate wench on the high seas with that mask. Ahoy! (laughs) Ahor! That's... (laughs) This is rated R. I'm sorry. That's a true story, though. Can you imagine paying $1.5 million to get a mask to wear around... During COVID, with jewels on it. How do you wash that? (laughs) (laughs) Dateline, Alberta, Canada. A brewery called Hell's Basement has come up with a beer named Huru Huru. H-U-R-U, H-U-R-U. Yeah. Which they market in New Zealand now, I guess. How's that going? Let's see. They thought Huru Huru, the term meant fur. Hmm. It's the Maori language is what that is. Ah. And uh, the actual translation of the word means pubic hair. (laughs) In an interview with the Daily Caller, a Maori man named Tehama Nikora says it should either taste like pubic hair or have pubic hair in it if they're going to sell it and market it as huru huru. Uh (laughs) But the guy didn't know when he made the beer. He made all the cans and everything, you know. I think they thought it meant feather. Or not fur? Not fur. Whatever. <laughs> they, what, it sure, they sure didn't think it meant pubic hair. No. By the way, there's no comment at all from the people who make bush beer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, you have that written down? They're going to change their name to anheuser Huru. Huru. Uh, Dateline, Vermont, USA. Closer to home. Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream Company has admitted that it's made some mistakes choosing some of their flavors over the years. A list of their least popular flavors has been put out, including wavy gravy, peanut butter and jelly, creme brulee. Oh. Add these to the list, though. These are ones I found myself. These are, Th- these are the ones they're getting rid of? Miserably awful flavors from Ben & Jerry's Vermont, USA. Okay. 
Harvey Weinstein mystery nut log <laughs> did not sell at all. Uh, Bruce Jenner's banana split. I take that that didn't uh, didn't go over well. Ben, yes. Bruce Jenner's banana split. I gotcha. <laughs> Jesus. Beavis's butt cake. Oh yeah. Hmm. Don't surprise me it didn't sell. And here's one that I, I they should have known wouldn't sell. The part Bartolo Colonoscopy. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. It's not number one, but it's right up there. That's a fine, yeah. fine flavor. Yeah. Um, now, you might have heard that we have a brand new sponsor. Uh, and uh, we're so proud and happy to have the folks that resonate along with the broadcast tonight. It's the best dispensary in the Commonwealth, and I've discovered it. Now, other people knew about it before me, but I discovered it for us. Yeah. You're like Columbus. And to tell, yes. Other people knew oh, about except it. Except no one is tearing down my statue. discovered it. Right. Columbus. No one's awesome. tearing down Columbus my statue. Columbus Adams. It's Resonate in Worcester. I've been over there now four times in the last three weeks, and I just love it there. And here's why. First of all, they have unbelievably great products. They have – I even went to the physical plant where they grow the products. In fact, Ben, you went with me. I did. It's a remarkable operation. Describe what you saw. Well, first of all, every room has these plants at different stages of their development. It's like you go and peek in a kindergarten class, you see all the cute kids. Then you go to the third grade class, you see how they're going to turn out three years. Then you go and say, oh, look at these big sixth graders, how handsome and nice and wonderful and smokable they are. <laughs> but th this is kind of the feeling you get. You're kind of, they, they really baby their, their plants, and they have... Unbelievable, uh, I guess they're horticulturists, right? Is that what you call them? Or botanists? botanists? I, I don't They're scientists. What's it smell like in there? It smells like heaven. He yeah. 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 Almost heaven. West Virginia. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful, th and it's huge, and they've got this air filtration system for purity of air. They've got fresh water coming in that's purified to feed the plants. They have no insecticides. It is absolutely a, re it's a remarkable operation where they're, we're, concentrating on the quality of the cannabis that they grow. And the place is called Resonate. Resonate is, well, that's not, yeah, that's that where they grow. The dispensary is called Resonate, yep. which is at 1191 Millbury Street in Worcester, which is right near Route 20. So it's pretty easy to find and to get to. But you go in there, and the people in there, they're knowledgeable. They're nice. They have all, I got Star Dog, Tangerine Dream, Lava Cake, Tincture. I'm a big Tincture guy now. You know, not tincture of benzoin, tincture of cannabis. <laughs> and it's an unbelievably professional operation and quality products from start to finish. So it's now my 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 only dispensary that I go to. It's I can attest to the efficacy of that tincture. Efficacy. Thank you. <laughs> Do you like that one? I think that's swearing I, in some I countries. I saw that one earlier today. They have Affy Taffy, which, Ben, you tried. Sure did. It's tremendous. So it doesn't matter if you're a sativa or a hybrid person or if you're looking for vape oil, you know, for your pen or if you're looking for uh, edibles or gum. They've got everything and they're top quality from start to finish. So I would suggest that all of our listeners, if they're anywhere from central Massachusetts, make resonate on Millbury Street in Worcester your dispensary. And you can check out their website at iresonate.com. And I will no doubt run into you over there when I'm, when I'm over there. Tell them you heard Mikey Adams raving about their products when you get there. So let them know that we love them. All and right? Eventually, you yourself will enjoy a Blue Dream. Blue Dream is coming out. I'm so excited. It's my favorite strain. Now, I'm a medical card holder, and you are too, right, Ben? Yes, sir. That's for that curved direction? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it has nothing to do with marijuana. <laughs> yeah, he just... 
He puts it on his curved direction. Tries to straighten that thing out. <laughs> Is Sally Struthers been calling you? No. <laughs> she lost hey, my number. You know what I always want to know was if Bill Lee, are we, can we call Bill Lee right now? Yeah. You got his phone number. I do have his phone number. We'll call Bill Lee because this, this is a uh, an anniversary of sorts for him. I'm not, he doesn't know this, but Greg Nettle's birthday was two days ago. Yeah. There he is. Hello. Hey. On the phone now from Craftsbury, Vermont, the mayor of Munchkin City, <laughs> Bill Spaceman Lee. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I got two really, really great friends. One's named Billy and the other one's named Bill Lee. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good. Uh, I'm uh, up here in no COVID paradise. It uh, doesn't get, can't get past the Stoddard Farm uh, because it's been condemned and nothing gets north of there. <laughs> now, do you even know anybody? Because I don't, personally. Do you know somebody who actually has COVID? Well, let me think back. Because I, uh, I, I don't know No, I really anybody. don't know anybody that's had COVID. Uh, but a lot of people, uh, myself. Andy was close to getting it. He was tested. Someone there had it. Uh, people around my family, a few of them, but no one, no one is tested positive for COVID. You, you know they have dogs. This is true. I saw this story, Bill. They have dogs that can sniff out COVID. There's there's dogs that can now they can sniff cancer on people that that know if women are pregnant. They have these dogs all trained, and now they have dogs that can actually tell if you have COVID, and it's more reliable than a test. Wow. Isn't that awesome? How do you get that dog? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, those, those would be, you'd, you'd make a million if you could breed those dogs and train them to, to sniff out that stuff. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't really know. I, I, I want a dog that will always reaffirm me that I don't have COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or how about a dog that knows if someone has VD? Wouldn't that be cool? You can make a lot of yeah, money on that, I, too. Yeah, I would love a, a dog that knows when a guy with COVID gets within 10 feet of you right. and he attacks him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we were talking uh, a few moments ago about the about our new sponsor, Resonate. I wanted to ask you, and it made me think that I want to ask you this question about marijuana. What was the very first time... In your life, and the situation you were in when you first smoked weed. Well, probably my junior year in college, a bunch of track guys at USC were in an apartment next to me. There were four of them. They were long-distance runners, and they said it, it enhanced their ability to run further and everything. And uh, you know, maybe it, it maybe it just made it more pleasurable for them, but. Uh, yeah, I was smoking in college, and, you know, it was around then all the time. But uh, I got to Malibu, and there were a bunch of guys out there, you know, all the surfer dudes and all the guys out there, yeah. you know. So, But the, the one time I remember the most was in Cleveland. Uh, Sonny Siebert was my roommate, and we were out, and we had some pot, and we ran into a guy in a van, and we, we traded some hash. <laughs> and I smoked some of that, and I remember my roommate, he found me in the elevator. It was closing on me, and he carried me back to the room. And I remember laying in that room, and it took me like 30 minutes to get these boots off. I had bought them in Brockton, and they had zippers. They used to go halfway up your legs. And I, I remember it was like, what an experience trying to get those boots so, off. So that was, was the like, biggest problem of your night was to get the boots off. Yeah, no, it was amazing. It now, was like, Well, Sonny wow. Siebert, I never thought of him as being somebody who might be, uh, you know, but he was pretty cool, huh? He was a good pitcher, good hitter, too. 
Oh, Sonny Siebert was ambidextrous. He's a sheriff in Missouri. He was All-American basketball player. He was Bill Bradley. He could shoot 20-footers with each hand. Yeah. He could do hook shots. We had a we're, During the strike year, I think it was 73 or lockout year, we went down to the college there in, uh, in Polk County, and we played four-on-four. Four. Josephson, him, me, and Rico Petroselli, we played four-on-four four against the college team, and we just kicked their ass. <laughs> that must have felt good. That must yeah, have... it was neat. Yeah, we hadn't played. You know, we just were looking for something to do. And on Sonny Siebert, man, was he a hell of an athlete. And, you know, he was like 10-0 and one year, and I think yeah. Vita Blue was 10-0. That and was 71. He, something and, like that. Yeah, and 71. He beat, uh, yeah. Vita Blue, yeah. Uh, the thing about him, too, was he always seemed to have complete games. So are you Gary Peters, uh, uh, Lombard, all the old-school pitchers, man, they completed their games, and they don't do that anymore in baseball. It sucks. No, they, uh, you know, pry this ball out of my cold, dead hands, and uh, we knew how to pitch, you know. Everybody was a thrower. Were you talking about Bonds earlier in the program? Barry Bonds? And, no, his son, Bobby, his dad. Oh, his dad, Bobby Bonds. No, we didn't mention Bobby Bonds no, yet. No, someone tonight. was 80. Someone you said turned oh. 80 years old and something. Oh, uh, well, oh, you know, I'll tell you whose birthday it is. A few, first of all, today is Raleigh Fingers. He's 74. But a, a few days ago, I think a couple days ago, it was the birthday of your old buddy, Greg Nettles. Oh, my God. He's 76 years old. He's got to be my age, isn't he? How old was he? He's 76. Uh, oh, yeah, he's two years older. Yeah, he's San Diego boy. Had a really, uh, you know, he was a great third baseman, uh, not much personality. There's a great interview in a book called Baseball Anthology of him, and every other word's a swear word. So, From uh, him? He didn't have a really good vocabulary. No, really? Well, he's no. he uh, he had he was only two forty eight lifetime hitter. He gets a lot of credit for his glove, but you know yeah. Brooks Robinson won sixteen consecutive Gold Gloves, and Nettles only won two. But the thing is, Nettles hit two forty eight lifetime, so he was a ground out to second uh, or a double play ball when he wasn't trying to hit a home run over that short porch in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And uh, but you know you could get in his kitchen pretty good. Uh, I remember that and breaking balls away. You make a mistake, he'd hurt you. But uh, you know he was he was a tremendous fielder. That's what everybody remembers now, him you, at, and, were, and a sucker puncher. He was a pretty good sucker. He sucker puncher. punched you, and, and I remember we went to a thing down at uh, Foxwoods, and it was a reunion of the '78 Red Sox and Yankees teams. And he was down there. Have you ever had any? Have you ever run into him? I did a two-day event in March with Tiant, he and I, and uh, a bunch of four Yankees: Roy White, me, and. Uh, who else was there? Wade Boggs was actually there, and you know he was actually uh, the guys. Wade can drink twenty-four cores, and you just don't know the difference. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he behaves the same after tw- twenty-four. Is that because exactly. cores is a lot of water in it? <laughs> it is. He has. Uh, they say he he drank twenty-four beers and never took a piss between. Uh, Boston and Seattle on a road trip. <laughs> well, just torturing yourself by not taking a piss. I mean, you know, that's like, God. I mean, was... Yeah, he had a nurse's bladder by far, I'll tell you that. A nurse's bladder. So I, I, the reason I thought of you today was because a picture came up on my computer, and it's a picture of you, me, my son Andy, and my little son Will when he was about eight months old. And we were sitting in the dugout at the Brockton Rocks field, and it was before you pitched 
that game where you broke the record for the oldest man ever to oh, pitch yeah. a professional 63 game. 63 years old. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, you're 63. It's a great picture. You're holding Will on your lap, and we're just talking in the bullpen. Like, talk about relaxed. It's the night of it's a day of a start, and you're not even worried because <laughs> you've done it a few times. But uh, no, I know. I was. I got a little anxious and stuff when they. Uh, Brought me out in that damn Camaro, and they they waited. I was in that Camaro for like thirty minutes, and I had really good stuff in the bullpen. When I got out of that Camaro, I had shit, you know. But uh, <laughs> well, you but won I, the- I, I ended up getting by in the first inning, and uh, I guess I gave up a home run to left. That was the only run I gave up, and other than that, it was uh, a yeah, five was- and two thirds, and I beat Gedman, and uh, I broke the record, and then. Two years later, I went nine in San Rafael and broke my own record and threw a complete game. Right. And did you get drove in a run in that game, too? I drove in a run. I had a sacrifice bunt. Yeah, I had uh, – <laughs> it was uh, – that was a memorable game. And then they traded my ass to Sonoma. And then at 67, I won a ball game. I beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> you beat Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, California. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> because the difference yes. is when they have these records of old guys, we all know Satchel Paige pitched three innings when he was 59 in the major yeah. leagues, okay? Yaz doubled off him, I think. Uh, uh-huh. But it was, a, it was a, yeah, oh, wow, Satchel Paige, man. I mean, this is unbelievable. He only went three innings. And while he didn't give up any runs, I don't think, uh, he, it, was, it was not like pitching a complete game at – at 63 or 60, 65, it's a whole no, different when thing. You have to go through the lineup three or four times. You know, that is uh, that 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 to me was my most remarkable feat. The only feat I did better than that. I won eight games here about four years ago playing with a little league wiffle ball team at uh, <laughs> at a little Fenway Park up here. And I threw eight complete games and we beat the high school team in twilight to win the championship and i was uh wearing craig breslow's spikes i remember that wait a minute a wiffle ball game and you're wearing craig yeah. breslow's spikes I, I pitched eight i pitched eight five inning wiffle i pitched about 40 innings of wiffle ball and uh won the state cha- won the championship of this tournament and uh these kids were unbelievable as the darker it got the better they got and I realized that 11- and 12-year-olds can see in the dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They can do a lot of things we can't do in the dark. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, should I be pissed at Ray Knight for life for stealing my Franklin broken-in Mike Schmidt pro-model glove at a softball charity, driving away with my glove after he borrowed it from me on the field, and then fucking— Oh, yeah. I mean— that guy, he's a, he's the one who was married to that golf pro, right? Yeah, uh, Pat, uh, Nancy, you know, Gope, Lopez. Lopez, yeah. Nancy Lopez, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She had a huge ass. <laughs> well, I tell you, he was. Uh, that's that's really cheap. That's a cheap shot. A guy like that would. Yeah, he maybe comes it over. was accidental. I just no, you know. no, no. He comes over to the side. Anybody got a glove? I said, yeah, you can use mine because we're on the opposite team. So in the field, I left it at third base. He takes it, drives away. I see him far away in the parking lot. Throw it in the back seat of his car and get it. He knew goddamn well. Hey, I I told him I got it in a used glove box for twenty five bucks. He says I'll give you fifty for it right now, yeah. and then he stole the fucking thing. Man, say the statute of limitations ain't up on stealing a glove. <laughs> uh, now. I want to ask you, too, one other thing, just kind of historically spaceman-ish. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing you ever said to an umpire, whether you got ejected or not or, or just pissed him off? What's the nastiest thing you said to an umpire for any given reason in your entire baseball career? Well, 
I'll tell you what. It was uh, in a senior league game with my parents. It was at Hol Holcomb Stadium. And uh, I found out the guy was deaf, you know, and I finally, he was taking it and taking it. And finally I got right in his face (laughs) and he could read lips. And then I got thrown out of the ball game at home plate and my parents wouldn't let me ride in the car on the way back to the hotel. Because you yelled, (laughs) because you yelled audibly, not audibly. I made sure he could. I said, I said, not only are you deaf, you're fucking blind. Oh, no. That's actually pretty good, though. He must have appreciated yeah, that. <laughs> but my parents were so upset, they wouldn't take me back. I had to walk from uh, Fitch Stadium about five blocks back to the oh, back to the hotel in Mesa, Arizona. Well, see, we can tell all those stories uh, on this podcast because we have zero deaf listeners. You know, we don't have any. This is good. No, I uh, – yeah, I, I my stories are – I can't believe you, you can tweak me. Uh, I pitched so many games. I'll tell you, the, the ta- when we won the World Series in 04, the first time I was in Hawaii, we beat the Yankees four straight, and I was with Charles Laquadera. And uh, then I had to fly immediately back to Arizona to play in the father-son. And when we won that championship, there was a total eclipse of a full moon in Arizona, huh. and it was really a remarkable night. Wow. That, that's it's a space oddity is what well, that is. it takes a total eclipse of a full moon and 86 years for the Red Sox to win a World <laughs> Series. Right. Well, the sign after game six of the 86 World Series, the sign I saw at Shea Stadium was the best ever. After they lost on the Buckner era game six, I saw a guy in a Mets hat walking around with a sign that said 1918 was a fluke. <laughs> that's just cruel now you're writing well, a new po- yeah. we were a dominant team all the way through there and uh it took the when the yankees finally won their first world series after we had won like five and five out of seven years 86 of the wins yankee wins were by ex-red Sox pitchers whoa seriously Seriously, you can look. As Casey Stingle said, you can look it up. You can look it up. Casey, yeah. Casey also said, most people my age are dead right now, and you can look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says, hey, when he lost the World Series and he got fired at 70, I said, I'll never make the mistake of turning 70 again. <laughs> That's it. Um, now, you're, you're writing a new book. What kind of weird we- – because you've written, uh, well, the, the Wrong Stuff, Little Red Book, The uh, uh, yeah, Half Glove. Travel yeah. and Baseball Eccentrics. And what, what do you got on the, on the table now? coming out well this is called the spaceman chronicles it's all it's written by kilgore trout which is a fictitious fictitious name for kurt vonnegut and it's based on uh, a planet trafalmador where a baseball card our planet blows up and a baseball card shows up like two thousand years later and the guy kind of goes through because they're super smart people back you know 2,000 years from now, you know, they got Wi-Fi and everything in their brain. And so he does a study on me, and he's fascinated with my life, and he writes a book about it. So it's a book about your life. It's a book about my life written 2,000 years from now, and it's got the Kennedy assassination. It has a whole bunch of weird shit in it. Well, you know, because we've done so well in 2,000 years getting nice uh, since Jesus left. You know, it, it, another 2,000 years going forward, maybe maybe, that, maybe that's where the answer is. Wait, it has oh, the Kennedy? Oh, there's a chapter in there where I'm a direct descendant of Jesus Christ. In fact, he writes a blurb on my book. How can you be it's a descendant a- of Jesus Christ if he's a virgin? Yeah, well, gee, exactly, and they wondered, Adam and Eve, life was 4,000. I said, how come they had belly buttons? 
<laughs> Where'd those right. come from? In the first ones. They don't need that shit. You know, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the apple on the tree, Bill. That was the problem back in the Garden of Eden. It, <laughs> it, it, it was the, it was the pear it was on the pear on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah. See, he's been around a little bit. He's like, and yeah, then, yeah. 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 I know. So oh, so you got a new book. What's the name of the you book? Know, he, he he was there by himself, and he asked the Lord. He said he asked God. He said, "What would it take to get three or four friends down here, and, and I could turn this paradise into a golf course?" He said, "That'll cost you an arm and a leg." And he goes, "Okay, God, what can I get for a rib?" <laughs> here she is. We have a test for you. That was a good one. That was yes. a good one there. You got a test for you? Yeah, we, test, you know, yeah. you did so well on wait, wait, don't tell me. I did. We thought we'd throw this down on you. All right, these are questions that were taken from the show. Cash Holy cap. Christ. Well, quit blowing that smoke in my face. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, you ready? You guys are like Cheech and Chong. Yeah, yeah well, Cheech. Anyway, yeah. um, we have a, a 10-question quiz, and all three of us, Ben, me, and you, Bill Lee, can jump in if you know the answer, right? You ready, yeah. Bill? I'm ready. He's ready. Here, Here we go. Question number one. Yep. These all come from Cash Cat. Okay. No, that's a, <laughs> wrong one. That here, didn't come from Cash Cab. That came from some taco you ate. Forecasting more viewers, what cable network began broadcasting movies in October 2009, starting, aptly enough, with The Perfect Storm? Uh, the Weather um, Channel. The Weather Channel. Uh, ben got the TV it. show that the 2009 started movies? Yeah. The, it was The Weather Channel. Yeah, Ben guessed the Weather Channel because they started with the perfect storm. How quick are you, Ben? Huh? So that is your quick. final answer. That's really good. Yeah. Ask Sally Struthers. Yeah, that's correct. Question number two. Number two. Judging speed, oh. judging speed, weight distribution, and item arrangement, the National Grocers Association holds an annual competition in what supermarket-related activity? Stock boy. Shelf stocking. Keep going. Uh, Guys, grocery <laughs> games. Produce. Supermarket sweeps. The correct answer is bagging. Oh, Jesus. Bagging. Yeah, bagging. Uh, you know, here's the thing, though. The ba- you go to one place, they got the plastic bags, but then they say, no, we don't, we don't do that. We only do biodegradable paper bags. And then you go back there, and everybody's got a paper cut that's waiting on you. <laughs> and, and, and they rip on the way home, and the shit falls out. I mean, g- give me that. I use the plastic bags for garbage bags. I was a stocking clerk for Safeway when we had an, uh, in Alaska when the 7.8 earthquake and everything fell in the uh, into the aisles. I had to pick up a shitload of stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number f- is this three? Three. Three. Here, we, three. here we go. Allowing users to browse its listings in both English and Hebrew, what popular dating site uses the slogan Mazel Tov for finding love? J-Date. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is J-Date? J-date. Yeah. That stands for Jewish. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> Question number four. I call them clam diggers. What style of tight cropped pant is named after an island off the coast of Italy? Capri. Capri. I was thinking of pedal pushers, and that didn't sound like a town to me. (laughs) Question number five. Okay. Spending their cheddar on novelty hats, cheese heads are the fans of what NFL? Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Packers. Okay. I got it. That was an easy one. Okay. I got one now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Number six. Inspired by the Hardy Boys, Stella Strong and Diana Dare were proposed names for what iconic children's book sleuth? Those fucking whores. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. Yeah. Oh, ah! Good one. 
Question number seven. Okay. I'm guessing Spaceman's Bill. still with us, Spaceman right? Spaceman will get this one. Yeah, okay. I only know islands. <laughs> Here we go. Preventing any sticky situations, what company has officially filed the design on its scotch tape packaging 3M. with the Scottish Register of Tartan? 3M. 3M? Yeah. That is correct. Nice. Wow. You know a lot about oh, scotch I, tape. I do a lot of weird shit with tape. All right, now, what is the answer to this question? On my nipples, mostly. I tape According them. to YouTube, what Queen song is the first music video made prior to 1990 to reach one billion views? We are the champions. No, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. I knew I was. I was just trying in case pick up your sloppy seconds in case you were wrong. <laughs> okay. That's all. Bill will get this one. All right. Because it can cause indigestion, what dark rye bread is named in part for a German word meaning to break wind? Pumpernickel. Bill? Uh, <laughs> it means to break wind, Bill. Well, Pupper? No, I don't know. I don't know that one. Uh, Bratwurst. It's break wind. <laughs> that is correct. The correct it, answer. It is. Yeah. Break wind. Jeez. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Whoops. Hey, Bill. Who farted? Who <laughs> farted the most in the Red Sox locker room in the seventies of all the players you played with? Oh shit. <laughs> no farted. Tion, farted. No one Tion. Tiago, that's a good one for you. <laughs> it was Tatum. Jarvis or, or Ken? Ken Tatum. <laughs> the pitcher? The albino. <laughs> <laughs> what do albino farts smell like anyway? No, he was my roommate, and I hated that prick, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll tell you, when Tion and uh, Raditz down there at fantasy camp, Mm-hmm. Raditz goes by Tion, who's smoking a stogie, sitting naked on a pile of towels, and 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 Raditz goes, "Hey, Louie, put out that fucking turd you're smoking," and Lu- <laughs> and Louie says, "Hey, fuck you, monstro. It's better than your fucking breath, man." <laughs> he goes, he says, "At your house, you don't need black flag. You just go, and all that fucking bugs die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Louie. Oh, right. he was so funny. All right, you got another question? I have one final question. Yeah, here it is. I'm Jim Cramer from Mad Money on CNBC. Using the stock symbol RSH, what tech retailer's shares reached $78 during the 90s internet bubble but fell to 24 cents by 2015? Radio Shack. Did you say Radio Shack? <laughs> That's what I said. Hey! That's the correct answer, yes. Oh, my God. Hey, Bill Lee. Yo. Wait, you're writing a book. It's coming out. When you come when it comes out, you gotta come back on the show. But I want you to hear my musical rendition, if you don't mind, be, well, we're gonna wrap up the podcast with Joe Castiglione singing karaoke. You wanna listen to this? Yeah. Ready? Start the music. Yeah, it's a song that uh, is perfect for 2020. Of course, with all the social distancing, I figured I'd give you my rendition of Dancing with myself. <laughs> On the floors of Tokyo, oh, or down in London town of Gogo, a record selection, the mirror's reflection, I'm a dancing with myself. When there's no one else in sight, a crowded, lonely night, while well, I wait so long for my love vibration, and I'm dancing with myself. I'm dancing with myself, oh, oh, dancing with myself. When there's nothing to lose and there's nothing to prove, and I'm dancing with myself, oh, oh. If I looked all over the world, and there's every type of girl, 
But your empty thighs seem to pass me by and leave me dancing with myself. So let's sink another drink, because it'll give me time to think. If I had the chance, I'd ask the world to dance, and I'd be dancing with myself at Shaw's. At Shaw's. Shaw's. Bananas only 63 cents a pound. At Shaw's.